0: Psalm thirty-seven, four says, "Delight yourself in the Lord." And Psalm sixteen, eleven says, "God's presence fills me with joy." You know, and I, I think about it sometimes. You know, a lot of people kind of get the misconception sometimes that God uh, created the world because He needed something from man. You know, He like He needed relationship or He needed something from us. But the truth is is that God has absolute uh, fulfillment, absolute uh, and complete fellowship, and is completely uh, full, is completely joyful, if you will, within the Trinity fellowship. Father, Son, and Spirit is the perfect Trinity relationship. He is joy by His very nature. And so as we begin to know Him, we begin to delight in Him. And one of the ways that we know Him is through the place of prayer. Uh, fourth thing that um, we get in the place of prayer is that, that we begin to daily grow like God. We become like Him. Uh, 2 Peter 1 verse 3 says, For as you know Him better and better, God will give you through His great power... Everything you need for living a truly good life, He has promised to save us and to give us His own character. And so that's an awesome thing, you know. And it's 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 a fact of life, you know. The people that you hang around, that you're around the most, you become like them, right? You know, uh, me me and me and my wife, we're around each other the most, more than any other people. And we find ourselves as we're together longer and longer, becoming more and more like one another. You know, uh, and it's it's a it's a principle of life, and it's a spiritual principle as well. That as we spend time with God, we become like Him. And so, those are just some some benefits of prayer. I think I said there was five. There's four, <laughs> uh, but those are some benefits of of prayer. And so, um, let's turn. I'm going to have to use my phone tonight. I didn't make it home after work. Uh, Matthew chapter 6. Did I say chapter 9? I meant chapter 6, verse 9. And uh, it says, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And this is in the, the chapter in the Bible where Jesus talks about when you give, when you pray, when you fast. And he's, he's kind of been talking to them. About not being like the Pharisees and the hypocrites who uh, just pray to be heard and pray to be seen and kind of stand there and, and enjoy people looking at them and thinking how awesome they are. Uh, you know, this is, he's saying, that's not the way to pray, but this is the way to pray. And he said this in verse 9 he said, Pray like this Our Father in heaven, May your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't lead us and don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. So that's that's what we call the Lord's Prayer or the model prayer. And let me start off by first saying that um, I, don't, I don't recite the Lord's Prayer per se, you know, word for word. Some people do. There's nothing wrong with that. But I don't think that Jesus intended... Uh, necessarily for it to be something that we recite word for word all the time as our prayer. Again, there's nothing wrong with it. But I think that more it's a... There's a danger if you repeat the prayer over and over again for it to become an empty repetition where if we use it as a model and we, we shape our circumstance to the model and we shape the situations and the emotions and the feelings and the ebb and flow of our life into the model, it becomes a, a living model, a living uh, way that we can approach God, and it means more, I think. So I just want to say that, that you know, by no means, even the order, I think, is, is not necessarily uh, something to be emphasized too much, and maybe not even hitting on everything every day, you know, because, uh, you know, I'm... I'm kind of a, you know, I like to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, but at the same time, I'm kind of uh, a structured person. So, you know, on Mondays, I pray for my family. On on Tuesdays, I'll I'll pray what I read in my Bible, and and then I'll I'll spend some time in worship. Uh, on Wednesdays, I pray for the church and for our missionaries, and and kind of like that. And and so I think the key is is that is that this is not a um, Prescription, it's a description, okay? And we need to mold it and shape it into our lives and, and, and incorporate prayer by this model. And that's what Jesus gave it. So, uh, he starts off by saying, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And, uh, you know, that, that hallowed be your name, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an act of praise. And, you know, the Bible says in, in Psalm 104 that we should enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. And that's a great way to enter into the place of prayer because, I don't know about y'all, but a lot of times as I enter into the place of prayer, I'm not up here, I'm down here. <laughs> you know, uh, most mornings, my, my, practice, my practice in the morning is I, I kind of wake up and I stagger into the living room and I, I pour some dog food in the dog bowl and some water and make me a glass of water i set it down, and then I'll go sit in my big chair. And uh, and I just got to kind of shake the fuzz, you know, and, and get it going. And whether you pray in the morning or you pray in the evening, there's usually stuff you just kind of got to shake off, you know, to get started. And Jesus gives this principle that a good way to begin prayer is by giving praise to God. You know, telling God how awesome He is. Lord, You're awesome. I thank You, God, that... That you're awesome. I'm tired this morning. I've had a long day today, but I just thank you for how awesome you are. I thank you for who you are. And you begin to say the things uh, that you know about God. You begin to declare what the Bible says about Him. And, and it, it, it has a way of elevating your spirit kind of out of the funk of life, out of that flesh into the into the spirit, you know, into, into that, that place where we can really connect with the Lord. And, you know, one of the things that that I I like about here is that, you know, Jesus kind of emphasizes, he doesn't just call God, God, he calls God, Father. He focuses on the Father aspect of God. You know, in in, uh, Romans 8.15, we're told that you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And the Bible talks over and over again about how the believers, the born-again people, we are adopted into God's family. We are grafted in to His family uh, whenever we're born again. And so it's important, I think, to, to, to recognize that because, you know, God could have uh, presented Himself as anything that He wanted to. He could, have, he could have portrayed Himself as anything that He wanted to, and He chose to portray Himself as a father. And so that's very important, in my opinion, that he chose that. And, um, you know, another thing that, that I like to think about sometimes is, you know, you, you've heard Jim a lot talk about the names of God. You know, that, that name of God, is it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. I'll, t- I'll teach you a little tidbit fact that maybe you don't know. Um, in, the, in, the, in the Hebrew... Um, original scripts, I guess, if you will, uh, and I don't know Hebrew. I just I've, I've just known known this from reading. Uh, they so hallowed the name of God that they they didn't write out the full name because they didn't uh, feel like man was worthy to pronounce the name of God, and so rather than writing the full name, they would just write the consonants YH. Wh. So nobody really knows what God's pronoun name is. Uh, there's two very popular uh, pronunciations. One is Yahweh. You might have heard of that, and the other is Jehovah or Jehovah. We transliterate it with a J. And so, but the the, the tradition holds that the the Hebrew scribes, whenever they would write the Bible out, every time that they would come. To the name of God, they would they would change their clothes, wash themselves, put on fresh clothes, and then write the name of God and continue. And and it, you know I could see that getting a little tedious in spots, but but that's what the that's what I've read. And uh, the tradition went on that that the that, that the Hebrews, whenever they would read the word of God out loud, they so hollowed God's name. That whenever they would come up to that name Jehovah uh, or Yahweh, rather than pronouncing it, they would bow their head and say the name, and 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 they so they so hallowed God's name. And in our Bibles, uh, anytime you see capital V, capital T H E, all capitals, Lord, all capitals, that's that's the proper name of God, Jehovah, and. Um, so so it's kind of neat, you know, I kind of I try to say it in my head when I'm reading my Bible. Whenever I see all capitals, the Lord, I'll, I'll say it, Yahweh or Yehovah. And uh, there's some other interesting ones, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. Uh, but anyway, God has many names. And that, that name, Yehovah, is actually, a lot of people think that it's more of a, a verb than a name because it's often paired with other, um, other, other adjectives, I guess, to complete the name. And, and I've, I've heard, uh, if, if you look up in, in, a, in a concordance, it, it doesn't necessarily describe the name Jehovah as, as this, but, but I've heard a lot of people say in the context of the Scripture that it could be translated as the becoming one, where God is, is, God is the God that becomes all that man needs. You know, and we see that in these different names of God, and I've just got a couple of them here. Uh, He's Jehovah Tassidkanu, God our righteousness. He's Jehovah Imkadesh, Jehovah our sanctifier. He's Jehovah Shalom, God our peace. Jehovah Shama, our ever-present one. Jehovah Rophe, God our healer. Jehovah Jireh, God our provider, Jehovah Nisha, God our banner, and Jehovah Rohi, God our shepherd. And you know, those are all really cool, and you can you can do a Google search. I found it. There's some good um, PDFs with, with these names of God, and it shows you where in the scripture they are, so you can kind of look them up and, and get the context. And, and I, th- I think these are important things, but you know, the the most the most important Name of God to us is is the final name of God, and uh, you know the the Jehovah is paired in all these things that God that God became, but it culminates in Jehovah Shua, which is transliterated in Hebrew to Joshua, which is transliterated into Greek to Jesus, because God became Jehovah became Shua, our salvation, God our salvation. And He came and He became our Savior. He came and He became man and, and God dwelt among us and with us and He became our Savior. And He met the ultimate need that we had, that we were desperately dead in our sins. And He died for us and He took our place, that if we believe in Him, that we can be saved and we can become the righteousness of God. And, and so He is it's something cool to think about, Jehovah, the becoming one. The one who becomes all that man needs, you know, and, and in our different situation, he he is what we need. And so that's a, that's just another great way to enter into God's God's presence is declaring His names, uh, declaring His righteousness, declaring the things that the Bible says about, about Him. I would encourage you to find um, three or four verses in the Bible about God that you can that you can use as your as your praise verses because there is power in praying the Word. So, that's the first part there. Uh, next, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what Jesus was focusing there on is that we need to commit ourselves to God's purposes and will for our lives. Uh, you know, let me just say, you know, I've I've heard people say, um, you know, I... I don't really read the Bible as much. I'm more of a prayer person, you know. Or I've heard people say, uh, and I fall into this sometimes. I I tend to I tend to lean more towards the Bible, and and I have to really uh, I don't want to say force myself. I enjoy it whenever I whenever I'm able to get into the spirit, you know. But but people kind of sometimes tend to incline towards one or the other, but. Let me say that prayer and the Bible are intricately uh, a part of one another. They are, they are so intimately tied uh, in our spiritual walk. And one of the greatest advantages of knowing the Bible when you go to the place of prayer is that knowing the Bible allows you to pray the Word of God over your life and your family's life and your coworker's life and those around you. And you know, I think about it, you know, I, there's there's scripture. I don't I'm not very good at at, at quoting chapter and verse and um, there's so many scriptures in my mind that sometimes I just can't pull it up from the registry, but there's something powerful about having that word of God in your heart where you begin to pray and connect with the Holy Spirit and and it just fires off in your mind and these things begin to come out of your mouth that you don't know where they really where they well you know where they come from you know that they're inspired by the holy spirit but when the scripture is in your heart your prayer becomes powerful and as 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 we're able to push through that flesh into the spirit the word of god starts to just bubble out of you and it becomes intricately tied and you know uh I'll even go so far as to say is, is that whenever we pray God's Word, we can be sure that our prayer will be answered. You know, the Bible says that His Word will not return void, but it will accomplish that which He sent it for. And so there's no prayer more powerful than the Word of God. You know, and, and as, I, as I find myself becoming more and more, um, I guess, mature in the Lord... I find my prayers moving less and less towards the daily things of life and more and more to the overall Word of God. You know, and that's where the power is. Now, do we need to pray for everyday things? Yes. You know, but, but, but our, our prayers should be centered on God's Word. Um, and as we pray, we submit ourselves, our family, our church, our nation... To the Lordship and will of God, you know uh, John the Baptist. John the Baptist gave one of the greatest prayers that we can pray. Lord, you must increase, and I must decrease. That's a powerful prayer. You know, I pray that. I, I, sometimes that just comes up into me, and I, I and I'm praying, and I, Lord. You must increase. I must decrease. And the Spirit begins to work on you, you know, and it's powerful. And, um, you know, there's just, I can't emphasize enough praying the Word of God. It's powerful. And that's what Jesus was pointing to here. Your will be done. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, The next part he says, and he goes into, is give us this day our daily bread. You know, and, and what he's pointing there to there is, he's saying, God, provide my needs. You are my provider. Uh, Philippians 4, 6 says, Don't worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now, you know, I don't know about y'all, but I worry about a lot of things. <laughs> and But the Bible says, don't worry about, Anything. The Bible says that we should go to the place of prayer. So at work, in the middle of the day, whenever it's been six hours since I was praying and reading my Bible, and uh, how many of you guys know that six hours at work can get you from the Spirit to the flesh? You know, Really good. So six hours after I prayed and read my Bible, and things are going tough, and I'm getting stressed, and people are aggravating me, and, and things are difficult, I'm told not to worry about anything, but take my need to God. When my my one-year-old is screaming and I'm stressing out on the inside and I don't know what to do, I'm told to pray. You know, when my wife is struggling with something and I'm just tired and I'm listening, but I'm having trouble focusing and she's going through something, I'm told to push through my tiredness, get up and pray. You know, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. You know, and there's some things, uh, you know, that I think that so many people leave to chance in our lives, and, or, or we think, well, I'll pray about that later. But we need to be specifically targeting things in our life needs in our life, uh, the purposes of God in our lives. You know, something that I do right now, I've done it since my kids were born, I pray for their salvation. When I'm rocking them to sleep, I sing, Jesus loves me. And I pray, Lord Jesus, I thank You that my sons are called before the beginning of time unto salvation. I thank you, Lord, that, that that you are that you are drawing them out of darkness into light. I thank you, God, that 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 you are protecting them from the blindness and the prides and the prejudices of this world, so that they can be born again in Jesus' name. You know, and it's important that we pray for these things. I was I was talking to um, I actually had coffee with Randall uh, who goes to church at Randall Sanders, and we were talking. And uh, he was telling me about how he's got some friends who he hangs out with, and they do fun stuff, but they also do spiritual things together. They pray, and they have worship together, and they build each other up, and they hold each other accountable, and I was just I was just telling how awesome I thought that was, and how important it is to have stuff like that, and God convicted me in my heart because I haven't been praying for my kids' friends, you know, and, and it, he put it in my heart, and... And so I've added that. Even though my kids, all they do is play cars with me and, and, and uh, you know, we watch Mickey and stuff like that at the house and, and go to Chick-fil-A and stuff. You know, even though they probably won't become influenced by their friends by, for three or four years, you know, I believe that these are things that we need to take the initiative in. You know, and not just our kids. There's, there's other things that we know are the will of God for our lives. We need to be specific in our prayer. From the small things to the large. You know, I I want to encourage you just to be specific in your prayers. We ask Him to meet our needs. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. You know, it goes on to say, Then the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. It's a powerful thing. But it's a difficult thing. Um... Next he says, uh, forgive, forgive me, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And how many of you know that it's important, even after we're born again, to ask God for, to forgive us when we're wrong? You know, it's very important. Uh, 1 John one nine says that if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. John goes on to say that if you say that you're without sin, you're a liar. (laughs) You know, uh, that that if you say that you're without sin, you make God a liar. You know, we still struggle with sin and it's important that we come to God in the place of repentance and that we come to God in the place of, of sorrow. You know, I say... One of the most inter- interesting dynamics of the Bible uh, to me is, is the kind of the parallel stories of, of Peter and Judas Iscariot, and you know both at the end of their lives greatly failed the Lord. You know Peter blasphemed Jesus while, while he was on trial and and, and uh, Judas betrayed him to, to, to the religious officials. And you know, their beginning was the same, but their end was very different. Because Judas' life ended hanging from a tree by his neck. And Peter became one of the greatest apostles in the history of the church. And the difference between Judas and Peter is that Peter got back up. He came back to God in the place of repentance. You know, and if we're not careful, if if we find ourselves with a hard heart towards God, not looking for repentance, then we might find ourselves hanging from a tree rather than being used by the Lord, you know. And so it's very important that we come to God uh, and and our continual, you know, the, the psalm says, and this is another great one to pray. I don't know the chapter and verse, you'll have to Google it. But I've found, I've found now that if you Google a scripture, bam, <laughs> there it is, you know. And uh, sometimes I type scripture in front of it so that it doesn't give me like uh, the Book of Mormon or something. But uh, if you Google it, it'll, it'll find it. Search me, O God. Know my heart. See if there is anything in me that offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. It's a great prayer to pray. And then sometimes God will bloop, pop that up in you, you know. And uh, I gotta tell you all a story real quick. Yeah, I gotta tell you a story. Uh, Sunday, I was at uh, we were coming home from church, from church, <laughs> and uh, the baby was, Gideon was crying. And he was getting tired, and so we come up with a plan. I'm going to drop Laura and Gideon off. Me and Josiah are going to go get the food. And then we'll come home and eat. And, uh, so we go to Dickie's Barbecue in Lumberton. And, uh, I get in there and I see a sign. It says, kids eat free on Sunday. Hello! You know, and so I was like, sweet. And so I said, Josiah, you're eating free, buddy. What do you want? And, uh, you know, he 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 didn't know about the meat but he wanted potato. So I got him potato salad and uh, you know uh the guy asked my order and Sir, would this be for here or to go? I say, Oh, it's gonna be to go. And then I said, uh, is this right? Kids eat free on Sunday? Oh yeah, yes sir, yes sir, kids eat free on Sunday. Awesome. You know, and uh I love free stuff. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I love free stuff. Uh and so we go through, and they make our stuff, and I get all the orders, and I get up there, and, and I see my total, and I say, "Oh no, 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 ma'am, uh, kids eat free," and uh, she says, she says, "Oh no, that's only if you eat here," and I go, I go, <laughs> I can't believe I'm, t- I go, well, we're eating here, <laughs> and I paid. And I went and I made my barbecue sauce, and then I walked around to churches and I went out the door. And man, God convicted my heart, <laughs> and I can't believe, i still can't believe I did that. Laura was chiding me, and I finally had to give her the "All right, let's let's shelf it, babe," you know. Uh, but I had to go to the Lord in in repentance, and I still am about ninety percent sure I'm going to go pay five dollars for a kid meal. Uh, (laughs) um, but you know even in those little things like that the sign didn't say you had to eat there you know Um, but as soon as it was coming out of my mouth I knew it was wrong and uh, and on the way home I really knew it was wrong and it was one of those small but significant things that I had to take to the Lord and say God forgive me I can't believe I did that (laughs) For five dollars, <laughs> and uh, but it's important that in those big things and in the small things that we go to the Lord and we ask Him for forgiveness, you know. And um, the second part of that, you know, He talks about as we forgive those who've sinned against us, and you know, to me, one of the worst things that we can do in our lives is harbor unforgiveness in our hearts. Because ultimately you might hurt the other person a little bit, but you're killing yourself, you know? It's like it's like trying to impede somebody driving down the road by sticking your leg under their wheel. You know, it's 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 more harm to us than it is to them. And you know on on top of that Jesus kind of put an addendum to the the Lord's prayer in verse 14 he said he said if you forgive those who sin against you your heavenly father will forgive you but if you refuse to forgive others your father will not forgive your sins and so there's there's even more linked to that and what it really comes down to is is right standing with God God wants us to forgive you know Peter, Peter asked, How many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times? And Jesus said, 70 times seven. And, and, and the reason he did that was not because, what is that? Not because we're to forgive 490 times, but it's because we're supposed to forgive over and over and over and over again, lest it become a cancer inside our soul, lest it separate us From the Lord. You know, the Bible says that God's hand is not short, but it's our sin that separates us from God. And unforgiveness is one of those things that will separate us from God. It'll drive a wedge between us and the Lord because if we don't forgive those, what Jesus was saying is, if you don't forgive those who've done you wrong, there's no way you can be right with me. That's what he's saying. You know, and so it's very important in the place of prayer you know if if we've got anger or unforgiveness in our hearts that's that's a place to address it lord lord i give this to you i give this person to you you know the bible we can we can if it makes us feel better we can quote your word says vengeance is mine oh lord you know <laughs> but but the important thing is is that that we we let those things go in the place of prayer next part, uh, he says, "And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil." And here what he's, what he's emphasizing is is that we need to be praying for spiritual protection. You know, we need to pray for, for God to guard our hearts and our minds. You know, To me, a objective review of the gospel. I don't see how someone can objectively review the gospel and reject it, in my opinion. It is so wonderful, so simple, so logical, so um, it's just truth. You know, and, and that someone could hear the gospel and the goodness of God and, and salvation and grace and 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 uh, salvation by faith and reject it, I honestly don't think that it's possible for someone who's objectively reviewing the gospel to reject it. But there's so many people in this world, and I believe there's two main things that keep that keep people from, from turning to the Lord. And it's two things that I mentioned that I pray for my sons. Number one is pride, and number two is prejudice. People, from our experience growing up in the world, from, from our worldview, from what, our, from what parents teach kids, from what friends teach kids, and now from, from just the wickedness that the media teaches kids, have such pride and prejudice in their hearts that they reject this awesome gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, they're rejecting it. And if we're not careful, even as believers, those prides and those prejudices of life will take over us. And maybe we start to think that we're smarter than God, or we don't need the Bible, or we don't need the church. You know, um, I got so frustrated the other day because I read an article about a very prominent Christian writer who was talking about how he had graduated from the church and how, how he, he had found a, a deeper uh, way to connect with God. And, and he didn't really experience God through the singing of songs and, and through the corporate gathering, but, but he, had, he, he had graduated to a deeper experience with God. And in, and in my mind, that man has pride in his heart. That man has pride in his heart, and he's teaching people uh, you know, just things that aren't true. And we've got to be careful... Uh, we've got to be careful of these things getting into our lives. You know, we've got to be careful about those things. You know, the Bible says that the eyes are the windows to the soul. And so we've got to be very careful and be continuously in prayer about what we let into our eyes, what we let into our ears, what we let into our mind. Um, you know, there is much freedom in the Lord. You know, Romans fourteen says, one man esteems one day above another, another doesn't. One guy thinks he can eat this, another thinks it's not good to eat that for spiritual reasons. And he, he gives he gives great liberty. He says, Let let the one eat in faith, and let the other not eat, but don't let the one eat if he's going to make the other one, you know, sin in his mind or doubt or or, or become weak or whatever. And there's much liberty there. But our liberty in Christ is not liberty to be able to test the limits. I talked about this last week. Our liberty in Christ is not a liberty to test the limits and to push God to the edge and see how much I can get away with. Our liberty is not to be able to sin. Our liberty is that we don't have to sin anymore. We're free. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has rescued me. I am free from the bondage of sin. I am no longer its slave. It no longer rules over me. It no longer has dominion over me. I am now free from that. That's my liberty in Christ. And so we're free in these things. And we need to pray for the protection uh, against, against those 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 liberal uh, attitudes of, of pressing the limits with God and testing the word of God and, and and pushing him to the limit. You know, the Bible says that we should not test the Lord. It gives Israel as an example of why we should not test the Lord. You know, and so it's important. The Bible talks about putting on the full armor of God. You know, it talks about uh hedges of protection. You know, the Psalm, I think it's the Psalms talk about how the angel of the Lord surrounds and protects those who fear him. You know, and, and so uh as, as we pray, we pray for spiritual protection over ourselves and those we love. You know, God, protect me, Lord, from these prides and these prejudices of life. Protect me, God, from, from, from things that will enter into my mind and into my heart and corrupt me. You know, um, convict me. Convict me in my heart if I'm, if I'm watching stuff or doing stuff or saying stuff or hanging with people that are detrimental to my spirit. You know, protect me against these things, God. Uh, you know, we don't all we don't all uh, have kids, but we all know young people. We all have we all care about either kids or young people. And I, you know, even up through the college age years, the world is bombarding the young people with the with the darkness of this world. The world is bombarding you know, I hear I hear stories over and over and over again about about believers who go to college and they come back atheists and it blows my mind but but you know the world is just on a rampage to disprove God and to shed doubt, to shed blindness, and, 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 and just looking for a crack and sadly you know, the young people of this generation, for the most part, are not solidly grounded in the Word of God. And so it's very important that those young people that, that, that we know and that we love and that we care about, that we are teaching them the Word of God, that we are sharing with them the Word of God, and that we're praying these things over them. Lord, protect them, God. Protect their minds. Let no seed of evil go into their minds. You know, I, and all the way up to ourselves... You know, Lord, protect me. Let me not yield to temptation. And then he closes the prayer. He closes the model with, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You know, so he kind of comes full circle. Praises God. He prays. And then he returns to the praise of God. You know, it says here... um, where is it? There was something on here that I... It says, close your time in prayer by returning to the place of praise and worship, because praise is the language of faith over all your prayers. And so we close and we we, we come back to the place of praise. You know, a lot of times I'll, my, my times of prayer are in my commute, because I've got about a 20-minute commute, and there's really nothing. Well, there's other things I can do, but that's one of the things... Spiritually, that I can do while my hands and my eyes are tied up is pray, and so I'll pray and I'll be praying about you know whatever, and I get to my exit and I realize that my time's about up, and then I go to the place of praise. God, I thank you for who you are. God, I thank you that 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 today you supply all my need. God, that you are my provider. You're my You're my Lord. I thank you that today in every situation that I say yes, Lord. You know, and 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 you just return to the place of prayer or the, play, the place of praise as you close your prayer out. You know, and and usually we can see that that in, you know we got to leave. Uh, the kids are waking up. Uh, you know, it's time to go. Uh, something, and 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 that's a good place to go as your as your prayer comes to an end. You know, and um, like I said, it's just a model. Uh, by no means is it. Is it a prescription? But it's a description of how we approach God in prayer. And so I want to encourage you, uh, I don't know if you guys were here on Sunday, but Pastor uh, encouraged us to um, commit to seven days of prayer. And he said, next Sunday, you know, I think this is going to be a five-week series. He said the next Sunday, uh, he's going to encourage us to another seven days of prayer. And so on and so forth. And let me just say something uh, in closing here. You know, the very, the very first scripture that I read was about Jesus praying. And there's one more very important part of that scripture that um, that I didn't highlight, really. The very beginning of it says, it says, Very early in the morning. That's challenging. <laughs> more so for some than others. Uh I have found that my time with the Lord is profoundly deeper when I drag myself out of bed, feed the dog, go to my chair, open my Bible, and begin to spend time with the Lord. I find that even though you got to shake the grog and kind of get out of the funk of sleep, that's a whole lot easier than shaking the flesh that you've been wallowing in the last, the last couple hours in your day and uh I just believe that there's great depth and great riches in the early mornings with God. I believe that there's um, that there's significance in giving him the first part of our day uh, you know it's It's not really practical for anybody to say that I'm going to give God the majority of my day. You know we can't sit there. And, And read our bibles most of us for eight or nine hours a day more than anything else that we do is very practical and very biblical to give him the first part of our day you know and uh so just you know there's no condemnation in the lord but that's just something to think about and pray about and uh you know i've i've found that as i get up early consistently i'm much more motivated to go to bed early (laughs) And uh, I'm rarely up past 9 o'clock, unless young ones dictate such. And uh, so it's a good practice. So just think about it. So let's close, let's close in prayer, and uh, then we'll go our way. Lord God, we thank you, Father, for your word. God, we thank you for the opportunity to pray. And, and Lord, just connect with you, God. Have relationship and fellowship with you, God. And Lord, I pray that in our church that you would help us to become more faithful in the place of prayer, God, on an individual-by-individual basis, God. I pray that you would just put in our hearts, Lord God, to be people of prayer. And God, I pray that that we could follow this model that Christ gave us, Lord, uh, giving you praise, God, relying on you for our needs, Lord God relying on You for our protection, spiritually and physically, Lord God. And Father, I I just pray that that You would lead each one of us into a deeper relationship with You in the place of prayer, God. And Lord, we thank You for Your Word, Lord. We thank You that it does not return void, Lord, but that, Father, that, that this is falling and being received on good soil tonight, Lord. And we pray that it would produce much fruit in our lives.